This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. It was a great day. It's always good to be, be with family. I feel like it's still Thanksgiving, so I'm just going to dive right into the Word. That's what I feel like when we get to Thanksgiving. Me, I just want to dive into the meat. So let, let's, let's uh, start with James chapter 1. You can pull out your notes if you have them. The verses are in there. If not, they are right behind me. Uh, James chapter 1, beginning verse 2, says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This verse reminds me of a story of a parrot. A man buys a parrot, only to have it constantly insult him. He tries everything to make the parrot stop, but nothing works. Frustrated, the man takes the parrot, puts it into the freezer. But after a few moments, the, the, uh, the insults stop. That was the good news. But then the man begins to worry. Things like He feels like the parrot, has, he's killed the parrot in the freezer. So he goes to the freezer, opens up the freezer, and uh, he pulls the parrot out. And the parrot is just shivering and he's stammering. And he says, sorry for, for being rude. And then the, the parrot says softly again, uh, what exactly did the turkey do? <laughs> All right, one more turkey joke. When I pause, you say what? What did the turkey say to the turkey hunter on Thanksgiving Day? Quack, quack. All right. I am keeping my day job. Don't worry. I'm not going to do comedy. I trust everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did. I, and in large part, I know it is because of turkey. It's a, it's a great, great meat to eat. And I'm the type of person, I don't know about you, but I stir it all in. I get the corn and potatoes and the sweet potato casserole. Man, if you've been here for our seniors' luncheon, you know what I'm talking about. My wife makes a mean sweet potato casserole. And I mix it all in there together, put the gravy and, and the turkey in there, and I start singing songs. I just say, thank you, Lord, for turkey. Who's ready for leftovers? Anybody? Anybody ready for leftovers? Leftovers are the best. Let me ask you a question that may change our mood initially. So just think about this question. Don't answer it out loud. Who is ready for trouble and trials that come into your life? The obvious answer should be no one. Who wants more trials and troubles to come into your life? Any normal person would not want more trouble in their life unless you fully understand what James is telling us in this first chapter. First of all, this verse is not telling us that we should pray for more trouble to come our way, but it is telling us that when trouble does come our way, we can see it in a different light. Let's dive into these verses and let me, let's see what God has in store for us. Let me read verse 3 again, but this time in the NIV. It says this, because you know the testing of your faith produces. I'll stop there and make my first point. Your trials will produce something in your life. Your trials will produce something in your life. I know a few guys, and some of them attend this church, who no matter what the season is, no matter what the weather is, they wear shorts and t-shirts. I am not one of those guys. I, am, I gladly pull out my sweatshirts and sweaters, 
because I love doing it, mainly because it keeps me warm when it gets cold. I give those guys props who wear shorts and t-shirts even when it's wintertime. You are some tough dudes because the weather has no effect on your wardrobe. But the same cannot be said for your trials in your life. Whether you are a tough guy or not, trials will affect you. For some people, they try to ignore them, but eventually those trials get even bigger and the impact gets even greater, guarantee. America has been facing many trials, more than usual, and the consequences are increasing. One of our problems is, is that we are ignoring our problems. We have closed our eyes to the troubles in our, in our society. There have been times where we've walked away from the scene of the crime and have said, well, that's none of my business. It's time to wake up. Our troubles and trials in America are causing a tsunami in our ocean. Most of us now know that a tsunami from a distance looks like just a nice big wave that we can surf on. But the closer that wave gets to, the, to land, the more destruction is coming. The power and the depth of that wave begins to crush and will crush everything in sight. I am sounding an alarm, but guess what? You don't have to be alarmed because greater is he that's in us than he that is in that tsunami. There's a lot of weapons being fired against this country, but we can declare as believers in Christ, no weapon formed against us will prosper. There is a sea of hate and anger that is, that is around us and that's filling our country. But you and I, we can stand like Moses did as he stood before the Red Sea and, said, and he said, stand still and let us see the salvation of God. We can watch as God's love silences the anger all around us. We serve the God who shut the mouths of hungry lions. There is nothing in the natural realm that can stop you from being killed when you're tossed into a den of hungry lions. Nothing, N-O-T-H-I-N-G, nothing can stop that. But Daniel was thrown into a den of hungry lions. And Daniel trusted in the God who created the natural realm. So when God decided to adjust it, it was adjusted. When God decided to shut the mouth of the hungry lions, they were shut. You can rest in peace. When God is on your side, the supernatural can take place. Are you ready for, the, to, for God to shut the mouth of the enemy? Are you ready for him to silence that anger, to silence that hatred? Then let's start praying. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth. When you and I wake up and realize that the foundation of America is shaking, we can call on the name that is above every name. We can call on the name of Jesus, and at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But we need to acknowledge that something is going on. We need to open our eyes to the hurting people around us. You know, our life might be doing great. We might be skipping along, eating our turkey, and, and enjoying a wonderful time, and we should, but we also need to open up our eyes to see Millions of hurting people around us. And many of those hurting people want to hurt people. Our trials are producing something, but let me inspire you with the next point. You decide what your trials produce in your life. You decide. No one else. 
The government doesn't decide. Our police don't decide. Your teachers don't decide. You decide what your trials produce in your life. I want to stick to this national theme just a little longer. There have been public protests and there have even been physical assaults on individual because people are full of anger and hatred and they're full of frustration about what's taking place in America. The easy thing to do is to blame others. We try to blame our police chief or the mayor. We, we definitely want to blame the school system and the president and everybody else that's in charge. But blaming others Blaming others for the problems that are affecting our life will not solve the problem. But you and I, we can take ownership of our problems. We can take ownership of those things that bring pain into our life and decide what the outcome will be for us. We don't have to sit by and watch America fall apart. Our men's ministry realized 10 years ago that boys without a father in their life are more likely to repeat the bad behaviors of that father that left them. Now, we could have blamed a thousand, blamed a, a thousand things for this problem, but instead we started mentoring boys and doing more ministry projects in our community. This Saturday, our men are going to protest. We're going to protest by taking Christmas presents to the kids at the Buena Vista Apartments. They just changed their name. It's Park Central Apartments, I just found out. But we're going to go there, and we're going to take them the Christmas story. We're going to read to them uh, the Christmas story about how Jesus was born in a manger. And yes, Santa Claus is going to join us too. That's why he's back there. Ho, ho, ho. How many of you want to protest this Saturday with me? How many of you want to go out there? I want you to sign up for the men's breakfast, and together we're going to protest. We're going to go out there, and we're going to bring joy to these kids' lives. We're going to bring them gifts, and we're going to just fill them with the love of Christ. That is how we can protest in our community. I am so glad that my future will not be determined by other people. My life is not in the hands of the stock market or the housing market or any market. God has granted me the power to determine what happens in my life. This is the kind of attitude that can change America. When we become citizens that take ownership of, our, of the societal issues, I love that saying that says, be the change that you want. God, would you make me and would you make this church be the love that is so needed in our world. God, grant us to be the peace that can calm any storm. God, make us the kindness that seems to be disappearing daily in our communities. Let me read some verses from Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its own foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash." These verses teach us a few things. First of all, it rains on everyone. Everyone will have trials. No one gets a pass on trials. And as I've already stated, everyone can decide what happens to them when the rain comes. You have a choice in the matter. 
But the sad reality is that some people will let this point come true. Your trials can cause you to stumble. They can do that. I've shared before how in 1993, my first Bible school in southern Arizona that I attended was going to close down. But we began to pray as a student body, and God performed a miracle. So I came back for my sophomore year. And again, my sophomore year, they told us that the school was going to close down. But this time we knew what to do as a student body. We began to pray and ask God for another miracle. That miracle that I wanted never happened. And I went home. And I allowed that trial in my life to cause me to stumble. I did. I let it happen to myself. I stopped reading my Bible. I was so mad at God. Prayer, praying was no longer a priority in my life. I began to have verbal arguments with my parents. I'd never had an argument, verbal argument with my parents. And I started doing that. The rain came into my life. And I allowed it to bring, it da- bring my house down. And so one night I woke up and I realized how foolish I was. So I opened up the Bible and I started reading it. And again, God's peace filled my life. He began to comfort me and give me strength and give me encouragement. He inspired me to trust in him with all of my heart. And he did. And so I went to another Bible school. A little side note, this new Bible school had a new professor that God had called to Salt Lake City to plant a church. And I came with him, which then led me to this church and the privilege of serving this church and this community for the past 19 years. God was working for my good. I just didn't want to take the blinders off. God was not against me. He was always for me. God wasn't trying to hurt me. He was trying to help me. God is on your side. It may not appear that way. There may be one set of footprints in the sand, but maybe he's carrying you through. Just let him do his work in your life. That night I got up from stumbling. I made a commitment that I would never allow a trial to cause me to stumble again. I can tell you now that I was spiritually immature in 1995. Even though I was studying God's word and learning how to be a minister, I did not put his word into practice. My house was sitting on sand, and it only took rain to expose it. The sand that was under my house was that I was in charge of how God was going to bless me. I was going to tell God how his will would be done on my life. God had performed a miracle one way. I expected him to do it the same exact way again when I needed him. I was telling God how to fulfill the calling in my life. Thinking that you know better than God is sinking sand. And it only took one trial to wake me up to the reality that God is in charge of my life. I'm not in charge. He is the shepherd. He guides me into the pastures. He he leads me beside still waters. And when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he is the one who brings me comfort and peace. We have all stumbled. And And I made a promise to God, God, I do not want to stumble again in my life. Are you tired of stumbling? Are you exhausted from trying to fix your own issues? Are you ready to take control of your situation? Are you ready to take your trial by the horns and determine what it will do for you? Are you ready to allow Jesus to help you through his word, to guide you through your turmoil? I pray that your answer will be yes, and this next point will be for you to make happen. Your trial can elevate you to complete victory. Your trial can elevate you to complete victory. James 1.4 says that you will be perfect and complete when you see trials 
as an opportunity for joy. Wow, that does not sound like the America we live in. When it sounds like when people have difficulties come in their life, we start complaining. We start blaming other people. We start attacking other people. When bad things start happening to us, we want to see bad things happen to others. But not God's church, not God's people, not you and I. That's not our responsibility. That's not our nature. That's not our calling. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to shine like a light in darkness. And though the people around us are complaining and arguing and bringing darkness into this country, you and I can shine bright like a light and we can say, I'm going to consider it joy when there's a problem in my life. When they do something bad to me, I'm going to consider it joy. It's an opportunity to pray. Praise God. It's an opportunity to help somebody. It's an opportunity to smile because maybe I'm not the only one that's going through a difficulty in my life. I can tell you this morning that Paul told the Romans that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. That tells me when we win, we win. And when we lose, we win. What do you mean? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, do you have a few days for me to explain to you how many times I've lost in my life and yet I've won? How God has blessed me? I love to share that experience, but the worst experience in my life, and I'll just quickly share it again, when my house was burglarized. I lost my sense of peace. My feeling of security was gone. That horrible feeling of being violated filled my life. But I learned in 1995 that I trust God no matter what. I determined I was never going to get mad at God or complain to God or say, God, why? But I knew that night after the police left, I was going to praise his name. I was going to worship him. It wasn't my job to ask why. It was my job to praise his name because his name is above every name. And it's above every name no matter what I am going through. And so Tara and I, after they left, the police left, we began to pray and praise God. And his goodness began to fill our life. And I, first of all, I slept like a baby that night. That night next day, literally the next day, blessings began to come into my life because of that crime against me. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful for the hymn that says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his problem, just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. I thank God that he has taught me to rejoice always and to see my trials as an opportunity to rejoice in God's promises that he is going to bring me through any storm or doubt. God wants to take your trials and cause you to triumph. His power will take your pain and yes, he will turn it into gain. It's time to bring your trouble to God and watch how he will transform it into praise and power to overcome anything that is in your life. So I'm asking you this morning, is your trial a stumbling block or is it a stepping stone? Is your trial causing you to stumble? Is it, is it knocking you down? Is it pushing you down? Or maybe you can ask God that maybe this will help me to elevate my life. Is your stress causing you to stumble over the question, does God really love me? Is there tension in your family? And does that tension have, have your stomach so knotted up that you choose to not even pray about it? 
Has someone caused you pain in your life and your desire to cover that pain with drugs and alcohol? Are your problems creating more problems in your life? I've seen how financial problems cause anxiety for people, which then lead them to make more bad decisions in their life. But it's time to quit tripping. It's time to quit falling over our issues and over our problems. The enemy is bowling for us. He is trying to take us down. Sickness may try to take you down, but no more. Sickness can become a stepping stone into God's word. Someone's anger may be coming against you. In the past, you, you would return your, that anger for your anger, but no more. That anger is going to be a stepping stone into experiencing and giving away the peace of God. What else might happen? Your company might close down. That's a stepping stone to a, to a better job. My school closed down. That was a stepping stone into this great church. You have to understand that every trial and every difficulty that you're going through is a stepping stone and you're getting closer to, the God, to God. You're getting closer to his promises. You're seeing him better in your life today. What about this problem. Well, that's a stepping stone. You don't understand. Yes, I do. It's a stepping stone into God's goodness and into his grace and into his presence. You have to understand. God is trying to pull you through your problems. God is trying to pull you through your difficulties. He's trying to take you through it. So quit fighting him and let go and let God do his work in your life. That way you could say, watch out, devil, you keep throwing things at me, but I keep growing in Christ. I keep getting stronger. I keep getting better for his glory and his honor. The world wants me to join their pity party, but sorry, I've got to celebrate God's goodness and God's grace in my life. My friends are worried about tomorrow. No worries here because today is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, wanting and needing nothing. You could be a superhero for Jesus today. As I kind of shared after that, after that song during the worship time, you might think you're waiting for God to answer your problem. I was waiting for God to open my school. But God wanted, he wanted me to want him more than anything, more than a school, more than a job, more than money, more than healing. Do you want God more than anything? Do you desire his presence more than anyone? Do you want him more than the fixing of your problems and issues? Because in his presence is fullness of joy. That is how you rejoice when trials come your way. And then God creates that nature inside of you so that when trials come your way, it looks like I'm just going to get closer to Jesus. It looks like I'm going to draw closer into his presence. It's not, your, it's not your job to figure out your trials. It's not your job to fix them. It's not your job to understand them. It's your job to praise the Lord and to worship him and to honor him and to give him all the glory and all the praise. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.